What they're teaching in private school isn't private anymore. Uh-huh. Especially at the Cherryvale Academy for Girls. Uh-huh. Are you feeling romantic now, my darling? Where there's no limit. Uh-huh. Hi. Hi, sugar. On what you can learn. Where a guy like Bubba Beauregard at a girls' school like this has the odds stacked against him. Nine to one against him even copping a look. Fifteen to one against him ever getting a date. Twenty-two to one against you scoring in any way, shape, or form. Yeah! It takes Bubba Beauregard, the animal of the eighties, to make a private school go public. Private school. Scott, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would always you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello everyone and welcome to one last sleazy edition of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. This is episode number 187, Private School, the last of One Trashy Summer for 2020. Yeah, it feels slightly off brand with the other three. Certainly trashy, but not quite the same genre. Not as trashy as this. Yeah. This is the king uh, trash of the year for us, probably. Almost a, a genre from another time. You, you don't really see this playing to modern no, audiences. No, if they tried to make this movie now, everyone involved would be kicked out of Hollywood <laughs> right. forever. <laughs> a lot of people would be canceled. Yeah. Sort of a an under-the-radar teen sex comedy that probably not too many people are super familiar with in the same vein as Porky's and... Yeah. I guess you would say Fast Times at Ridgemont High because it's Phoebe Cates the year after. Right. One of those films, similarly to maybe the Stoned Age that a lot of people might have discovered on USA Up All Night, there was a heavily edited cable version of this movie. It feels like an after-hours feature. Yeah, a VHS classic. Right. (laughs) Hide this one under the bed in the early 90s. This would be the stuff, like, like these movies sitting out at the video rental store. I'm sure this is a big rental. I was like, if only I could rent this without my parents knowing, I would. I showed you a little bit of the special features, which I'm sure we'll touch on at some point, but I should have showed you the trailers that they have for this. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) And I was just like, what movie is this that they're advertising? (laughs) It seems insane. Okay, so before we get into private school, let's remind our listeners to follow the show on Twitter, at GreatestPod. And make sure you're subscribed Yes. on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. Give us a rating and review right. on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. Send us tweets. Some activity there, I would say. Yeah. Let us know how we're doing. I'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in Kansas <laughs> <laughs> and our That's listeners right. in Israel For those and the of UK. You who don't think that we pay attention to the stats, we do. <laughs> we're an international podcast That's at right. this point. Yep. 
So thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us through a crazy year. But boy, we haven't you know, let we it. We really expected to be rounding out at about episode 200 uh, right around now. And here we are only at 187 because of but COVID-19. Really put the pressure on us, I would say, to kick out over the top just all the the big hitter movies we want to do keep it coming with like the, angel heart yeah, that's right private school yeah. <laughs> boom boom stone heavy age. hitters <laughs> a lot of popular ones since the comeback yeah i think usually we do a little bit better job at balancing between the more obscure choices and the popular ones yeah but i think one thing we've learned from Having a pandemic is like no time like the present to do the ones you want to do. The great thing about having a podcast that's like mostly only listened to by your friends, there is a little bit for everybody. I'll just randomly get texts from people that are like, oh, really loved this episode. And you know that means that the ones in between they don't like. (laughs) (laughs) They're not all winners. No. But I feel like there's a winner for every listener sprinkled in. Yeah, we would like everyone to listen to every episode, but that's probably unrealistic. I'd say so. Especially our range of choices are all over the map. Yeah. I don't really think there's anyone out there who has the exact same taste in movies as me, and I'm the <laughs> one making most of the picks here. It's all, I don't know. all I, over the map. Not the exact same taste as you, but I, I would say you, you at least have crossover appeal with a lot of people. You, you definitely hit... <laughs> All of the markets. All of the markets. Yeah. But the one we like the most is The Creeps, and that's why we're doing <laughs> One Trashy Summer. Yeah. This is just a straight-up TNA spank bank material movie for teenage boys to sneak. Because once you're actually old enough to see a movie like Private School, you should probably be close to at least having sex, if not having yeah. it. But if you are like 12, 13, 14, 15, this is the type of movie you're dying to see. You would say... You can't um, even believe it exists when you're that age. You're <laughs> like, blown. what is this? You would say probably that the rise of internet porn had a, an impact oh, on God. the amount of I these movies being made. I have a whole thing we're going to get to yeah, okay. on that. All right, About good. how I actually will defend the existence of these movies and think it's actually damaging to not have them anymore. Right. It was better when they were it was better this when this too. was the type of thing that was teaching kids about sex rather than what we have now <laughs> yeah which really. is real dark just leading to deranged lunatics <laughs> private school came out in 1983 written by dan greenberg and susan o'malley who were married at the time how about that it was directed by noel black who not i know from feature. what's that not his only feature Yeah, he worked for a long time writing and directing. I don't think he's with us any longer. But in the 60s, he directed a movie called Pretty Poison, starring Tuesday Weld and Anthony Perkins. That's right. Two show favorites, I would say. (laughs) It's a pretty cool, fun, like, dangerous, bad teen girl type movie. Okay. She's got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds up my alley. It was one of the movies that was playing at the drive-in that Brad Pitt lives at in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That movie, just the gift that keeps on giving. Truthfully. With these uh, little gems sprinkled in. And for me, there are two under-the-radar teen sex movies of the 80s that I love. Private School being one, which Noel Black directed. And he wrote the other, which is called Mischief. Oh, yeah. Which is just a terrible movie. The acting is beyond bad. The story is stupid. Certainly famous, though. But for me, personally... 
a top five okay. nude scene. <laughs> there you go. And that brings us to rest in peace, Kelly Preston. Now, I, really? I know that she was a daughter, a wife, a mother, by all accounts, a nice person, a good person. So I don't want to just limit her life to a great nude scene, but I mean, well, I, I oof. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's still a defining moment. It was, it's unbelievable not if you necessarily seen, for her but for the viewers if you haven't seen mischief you should check it out it's it's definitely a top five dude scene for me which leads me i guess i have to admit something about myself Uh-oh. which shouldn't be too surprising to the listeners but it's also still a little embarrassing i did give my email address to mr skin at one point to look something <laughs> up because now you can't even search on their site without at least giving oh, an email wow. address you don't have to give credit card but yeah so I'm on like whatever their, you were willing to. their email address mailer thing is. And when <laughs> Kelly Preston died, <laughs> you get like a, an in memoriam email from Mr. Skin. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? Oh, boy. <laughs> I was like, this is super classy. Just a depraved society we live in. <laughs> anyway, so Noel Black wrote Mischief. He directed private school. Private school did okay business, fourteen million at the box office, which I can't imagine this movie cost more than like two million to make. There's not uh, a whole lot going on with it. No. <laughs> it stars Phoebe Cates, one year off of Fast Times. Looking good. Betsy Russell, Matthew Modine, Kathleen Wilhoat. Special appearance by Sylvia Crystal, who was sort of a trashy movie queen of this time period and in the late seventies, uh-huh. starring in the Emmanuel movies, which are legendary uh, softcore type movies. Yep. And then in a movie called Private Lessons, which some of the same producers were involved with, which came out in 81, where she plays like a private tutor who sleeps with a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> and this was played for laughs oh, and boy. good times. And the, due to the success of Private Lessons, that led to Private School, which was written by the same person, Dan Greenberg, coming back. So they just tried to recapture it. She makes a little cameo in this. Uh, I would say a couple of recognizable people popping up in smaller roles. Uh, I noticed uh, Mrs. Tremont slash Chalfont from Twin Peaks. Right, yeah. One of the the older women. And Uh, Colonel Mustard also. Yeah, Martin Mull has an uncredited appearance in the film. Yeah, (laughs) he had it wiped from his record. For people who aren't super familiar with private school, the... The girls' private school in the movie is called Cherry Vale, and the boys is called Fremount. So that's the I, level of humor we're working with. I see. Yeah. <laughs> throughout this movie, the sex ed I mean, teacher's named Miss Copuletta. Even <laughs> right, you're realizing what you're getting yourself into, even with just the opening credits, like that song that plays. Oh, the Harry Nielsen song. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> probably it's be fairly the, crass. Probably be the closing song yeah. for this. Yeah, I love the soundtrack to this movie. It was the music was done by Rick Springfield. Oh, there you and go. And his band appears in the film without him. And there's is a, that them playing at the dance? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's not there, but that's right. his band. Yeah. And then the song, the American Girl, that plays right. over the just insane aerobic scene, <laughs> which is super fucking hot, and they're all fully clothed. So there you go. So it's not all trash. Yeah. Sometimes it's just me being a creep. That's right. (laughs) Private school follows a teenaged couple attempting to have sex for the first time while their friends engage in sexually minded practical jokes. Yeah, I mean, if you asked me what what I thought this movie was about, I I would say that, like, 
the couple trying to lose their virginity is such a small detail. This like, movie doesn't really have a plot or even scenes that feel connected to each yeah. other in any way. One like sex crazed, I don't know, man child, really bordering on the lines of villainous behavior, <laughs> or I guess going way over that line. Yeah, you're of course referring to Bubba, played by Michael Zorick, just a an awful, terrible person that <laughs> <laughs> is the epitome of why we have things like the right. Me Too movement. But and it is. Time's up. <laughs> It is one of these things, though. It's wild going back and like seeing these movies because it's like his antics are just sort of like shrugged off. Oh yeah, and it's supposed yeah. to be funny, right? And yet it it comes off now as like holy very shit, very rapey and yeah. creepy. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Betsy Russell, who plays Jordan, the foil, the somewhat supposed villain. I showed you her interview on the Blu-ray. She, somehow she's the villain, not Bubba. Betsy Russell, just a hot chick longer than we've been alive. She still looks unbelievable. I I would say. I think people might know her from some of the Saw movies. She's been in a lot of stuff over the years. She's still around, still looks great. Yeah, really just all around seems like a great person, too. Yeah, seems like a lot of fun on that (laughs) Blu-ray. She seems like a good sport. I would say. The thing that stands out to me about private school is that For parts of the movie, it almost seems like they're trying to level the playing field in the teen sex comedy space, and yet they just fail at it. And what I mean by that is, in your typical movie, like whether it's Porky's or whatever, it's always the guys, or Revenge of the Nerds, it's always the guys doing shit, they're stealing the underwear, they're drilling holes in the shower to watch the girls or whatever, they're always doing these sex crazed things. In private school... The girls seem pretty sex crazed too, and you're yeah. like, okay, well maybe this is like a sex positive movie where it's like, well girls get horny because the girls are super horny in this, but it fails because when the girls participate in pranks, it's at other girls' expenses. It's not at the guys' expense. They never f- do anything back at the guys. Right? They do it to each other. Yeah. So it's basically like the guys do shit to the girls. And then some of the girls do shit to the other girls. Like, right, and sometimes to the benefit of the guys. Yeah. It's like, how can we humiliate these girls or get their boobs to come out or something? But I will say, I mean, the girl characters, it's certainly from their perspective through a decent amount of the movie. Yeah, you, you know, could I, argue you would say that. they're their main characters more so than the guys. Yeah, Phoebe Cates is, the, I think, the lead of the yeah. movie. Even though at a certain point it does sh- sort of shift to Jim's perspective, right. Matthew Modine's character, I still think Phoebe Cates... She was top billed because yeah, she was the does, only one who was a star. It does feel like there's a lot of scenes that she's not in, though, doesn't it? Yeah, especially the second half. Yeah. It does seem, though, based on that interview with Betsy Russell, that some of this stuff was just added on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a very fly-by-night operation Well, when going you have like here. an artist at the helm, like Noel Black. <laughs> <laughs> he knew his way That's around right. a, a raunchy sex movie. <laughs> in addition to Martin Mull... This is the first movie that Paula Abdul was credited as choreographer for. I think oh, wow. she's about briefly in it for a second. You don't really see her, though, I guess. And we did American Beauty, which was a later one that she choreographed. Yeah, uh, kind of a lot of production going into this. We've got choreography for all these major dance number well, and cheerleader yeah, numbers. The, and then we've got the this dialogue scene. coach. The aerobic scene for Betsy Russell from another world. Yeah, that is nuts. Every girl at Cherryvale is insanely attractive, and which I always good love. Good at aerobics. <laughs> yeah. As I alluded to, let's 
let's let's give a an indefensive private school. Okay. Worst case is that you have a character like Bubba who normalizes sexual assault basically really? or at least super pervy behavior, peeping tom behavior, sexual harassment. I would say sort of mentally abusive behavior towards his girlfriend. Yeah, he's just an all-around shit. <laughs> and movies like this from the 80s definitely encourage sort of a an unequal dynamic between men and women, which was pretty much standard in the norm. However, that doesn't necessarily make them great, but if you're going to do the lesser of two evils, think about how kids are exposed to sex and learning about the opposite sex and being curious about the opposite sex now where you just have all this instant access to pornography and even if they're not seeking out like rough sex or oh boy or something like where the violence comes in the title there's it, it's still very violent pornography yeah. is very degrading and violent even stuff that is just marked as like standard yeah. It's not very realistic. It's not based on real life. So if you're comparing like sort of the degradation that's very common in a lot of pornography to like, I don't want to say harmless, but, you know, sort of just raunchy, horny sure. behavior yeah. in these things where you're like, oh, you see some girls in a shower or whatever. And that's like the big event. Yeah. Like it's, just nudity is really like the behavior the whole by event. the characters is bad. And you definitely need to teach young boys about what's appropriate and not appropriate. But sure. w when you're talking about learning about sex or being curious about it, I think like these raunchy teen movies, even something as recent as 20 years ago, like American Pie or something, when you compare that to oh, I know. what they can see now. Like how that uh, Shannon Elizabeth scene was just like so defining for me <laughs> but like yeah i would say that, that like, may, might be another top five like my you know <laughs> it's like your friend's parents are gone and they own american pie which looking back i can't believe that that was a movie that adults and like parents were like into well my parents definitely weren't but we'll think about it like when you were a kid like yeah. your parents probably were like our age well <laughs> yeah like, if i had kids like with the movies i own <laughs> it's like jesus christ oh boy yeah <laughs> my kids are sneaking like women in prison movies That's the thing though i mean like knowing that that movie was gonna be something that we were gonna watch with this like stunning <laughs> shannon elizabeth in it but i just try to think about like kids coming up now and i'm just like i just don't even think i can handle it coming up in this world i'd be like i shouldn't have seen that <laughs> yeah well there's a lot of laughs in that movie between jason biggs and eugene levy where he's like sort of trying to teach about sex and stuff Honestly, it's it's played for a lot of humor, but it's very wholesome compared yeah. to, like I said, the way that probably a fair amount, of, not every kid, obviously, but a lot of kids are finding stuff at an early age right. now being desensitized to things. And yeah, there are definitely a lot of problems with private school, but it just harkens to me to a more innocent time as far as learning sure. about this stuff. A lot of other things around this discussion have changed, and so... You would say that because of things like the Me Too movement and all this stuff, like people are learning better behavior in general. But like, I don't necessarily think that that has everything to do with like movies like Private School versus like how people are being exposed to it now. And frankly, they don't make movies like Private School for a lot of reasons. But one of them is because there's no there's no demand for, from 15 year old boys to see yeah. this stuff because they have it on their phone, they have it on their computer, they have it on their iPad. Sure. 
they have it and it's way more explicit. I, I would say there's some demand from, you know, a couple <laughs> of people like avid us. movie fans. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, imagine if they were releasing movies like Private School into the theaters right now. <laughs> we we Listen, would still be going. I, I would even go in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get that there's a lot of things, and we're going we're gonna to talk through them. There's a oh, sure. lot of things right. in this movie that age even worse than the Stone Age. Oh, yes. I, I would say much worse. But I think there's a way that you could still do this stuff where maybe the comeuppance for the guys is a little more serious, and it's still kind of horny and fun but the girls get their revenge too like we see some dick hanging in a male shower for a change or something that's right rather than (laughs) rather than the girls big schemes are to get other girls naked and humiliate (laughs) them (laughs) yeah i do feel like it puts out a lot of misconceptions around how females hanging out in a dorm or (laughs) just constantly walking around in their underwear or or in various states of undress yeah you, Super you casual. Sort of feel like that's how life is when you see enough of these movies. Well, that's the thing that's confusing. I mean, everyone in this movie is at least nineteen or twenty, if not older. I know they don't look like they're in high school at all. And they're, these are supposed to be private high schools, but it feels like college because Absolutely. most people in the world don't go to high schools like this, where they all live in a dorm together. And it felt very collegey. Yeah, really, the idea of like private high school. I feel like growing up with the movies that we would grow up with was more like it was a punishment or the parents were horrible these horrible rich parents that just send their kids to boarding school yeah well these schools seem like they were a lot of fun that's what i'm saying is this a little different spin on private school yeah well they're supposed to be like rich yeah obviously as we can tell from parents day when that all goes down all right let's get into it a lot of things to talk about with private school which is shocking because when i was thinking about this movie before i did notes for it i was like oh this will be like a 45 minute episode i mean and then i started writing and then here we are (laughs) i was telling you before we started recording there are there are sort of a shocking amount of things that happen in the movie there are a few major set pieces that are supposed to be like the big parts of the movie that connect through like little vignettes like i said i mean there's not like a a really strong plot holding this all together. No, no. It's, and it there's seems not very random. There's certainly not a lot of like build up to the things that happen. Like you never are seeing the discussions around what's going to happen next. There's not a lot no. of plot devices happening. It's just sort of like scenes. <laughs> People just make announcements. We have Chris played by Phoebe Cates. So it's short for Christina or Christine. I can't remember, but it's Chris. Mm-hmm. So let's remember Chris is a girl. That's right. She's friends with... When we're talking about how hot Chris is. Betsy, played by Kathleen Wilhoyt, who I mentioned in Angel Heart. She was in that briefly as the nurse. That's right. She also is the waitress in Roadhouse, which is what I'll always know her from. Yeah. And she's still in stuff off and on nowadays. Yeah. She's a pretty long career. She's pretty recognizable, I would say, as someone that just like pops up. Yeah, she gives me like a Chrissy Hind. I, I would say. From That's the right. Pretenders yeah. vibe. <laughs> They're sort of frenemies with Jordan, played by Betsy Russell, and her lackey, Rita, played by Kari Lizer. So, I guess, like, are the four of them sort of, like, sweet mates? Yeah. Like, they share the bathroom. There's, like, a rivalry uh, specifically between Jordan with Chris and Betsy. Rita's not, like, really involved with it. Well, she just does whatever Jordan tells her. Yeah, she is, like, a lackey. Right. (laughs) And she's super hot, and... 
there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with Rita in this movie, almost <laughs> unintentionally that it comes up. I think like most people like first view would like barely even recognize that Rita like exists as a character. But like somehow I, I have this sinking feeling like it's going to be a lot of Rita time on this episode. <laughs> Anytime she's involved, I have to talk about That's it. That's right. Kari Leiser went on to be a big time TV producer. She produced things like Will and Grace and New Adventures of Old Christine. But she, so she really some... didn't do a lot of acting credits. Yeah, but she turned it into a legitimate career. Super cute, though. So these are the girls of Cherryvale that we know just hanging around dorm life. Girls just hanging out in their underwear. One at the beginning during this like opening montage yep. here, just in high heels. Did right. You yeah. There's a girl in high so heels practical. and panties. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, hey, all right, everyone act natural, act like things are happening. This girl puts high heels That's on, right. just strutting around. Yeah. <laughs> right away, this kind of got into something that we were talking about before the show. The three dudes who continually are, I don't know, trying to make their presence felt at the, the girls' dorm. But Matthew Modine, Jim, is one of them. Yes. I don't know how he's going on participating in these antics and not drawing you know, the ire of Chris. Yeah. I was wondering if private school is meant to take place over the course of an entire school year. That's so, possible. Like, the beginning they weren't dating part, yet. They're not dating and then they're dating later. It does seem like a lot of time passes at various points, but because there's no real sense of time or place, you don't really know. It's hard. To, it could all happen in like two weeks or the whole school year. It's sure. It, it's That's hard true. to tell. Yeah. Okay, so they're not dating here in this I first don't know. event. Well, these Let's three say. douchebags from yeah. nearby Fremont Academy, including Jim, played by Matthew Modine, and the aforementioned Bubba. The other guy, he's in it throughout. I don't know what his name is. He barely has anything to do. Forgettable, yeah. Just some other dork. Although I did find myself thinking, like, if I was one of these characters, it'd probably be, like, this other dude. Just yeah, because like, he dances with Rita, remember? Yeah. And her face just... Oof. I sent you a screenshot yeah, of her right. face. Just so disgusted yeah, and concerned. Right. That's during like a part where like all the dudes are supposed to have boners. Yeah, I know. A lot of boner <laughs> humor. Right up our alley. Yeah, really. <laughs> These three dudes, they all stand on each other's shoulders, three people high. Somehow with Bubba, the fattest one on, on top, top, which makes no seems sense. Seems like Jim's shoulders would be like completely <laughs> broken. So right away, the opening set piece, the opening big scene is these three dudes spying on the chicks, hoping to see them in the shower. And Bubba brings a Polaroid camera and he's like snapping pictures of Jordan in the shower. And it's also insane, too, because these pictures pictures are just floating down and the other two dudes are trying to grab them. Yeah. Why don't you just let them all hit the ground and collect them at the They're end of the so operation? Horny. Yeah, I know. They need, they to, need see. to see the pictures now. <laughs> Jordan gets out of the shower and she sees Bubba in the reflection in the mirror, so she knows what's happening. Doesn't really seem that bothered by it. I'm not really sure. This whole chain of events, it's, it's so confusing to me. I, I what her plan is, what she thinks is happening. Or why Betsy and Chris feel like they need to get revenge on her for what she does here. Oh, dude, I know. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's baffling. Really? So Jordan notices she mostly seems amused. She puts a towel on. She goes next door into yeah. Chris and Betsy's room. Should be pointed out, Bubba not discreet at all about these things. His face completely on display in, in the, the window. window. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because yeah. it's so absurd. Jordan's carrying on in a towel. She's putting on toenail polish. Not really sure what her motivation is here. But then 
at some point Bubba literally reaches into the window, pulls Jordan's towel off, leaving her completely naked, and the three guys from Fremont fall over and land on top of each other outside Bubba falling from the highest. Yeah. I would say the first of many sexual assaults to happen in this Everybody, movie. including the girls, laughs at this, including Jordan, who doesn't really seem bothered by this at all, that this just happened. Right. And they all go to the window, and they're all laughing. And I'm like, well, it seems like the girls are just satisfied with them falling. The fact falling. that they fell, like, yeah, that's, like enough that's enough to get... It's even now. <laughs> even though there was Polaroids involved. Right. <laughs> She felt as if she'd been pierced to the very soul by a bolt of lightning. Betsy, listen to this. And then, just then, he raised himself up above her and plunged his fullness into a waiting... Can you believe this? Hello, Chrissy, darling! Betsy? Hi, Jordan. Is anything wrong? Wrong? Uh, not at all. I just can't get this. Big event till my roommate finishes earning my blouse. Well, do you want to borrow something of mine? Can't be serious. I mean, that's very sweet of you, Chrissy, but I couldn't possibly. Tell me, do you have any of that gaudy nail polish? I want to do my toes. Don't feel dressed till my toes are done. What's this color called? Naked pink. It is shocking, like, how over the top the sexual assault stuff comes off in this. Oh, yeah. Because even in Porky's, which has, like, the big famous shower spying scene, there wasn't a camera involved. (laughs) <laughs> True, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that The much camera takes it to like the. Well, no, it was, <laughs> no, but the camera just takes it to a whole other level. Absolutely. I mean, there's potential blackmail happening now. There's certainly much more offenses on the table than just what you saw. Chris, and especially Betsy's reaction here, is to be super pissed at Jordan for some reason, which is never really clear. I guess because they're mad about Jordan's reaction to this. Is I didn't understand it at funny. all. I could not put this together. The fact that Jordan goes over into their room, which leads the dudes to move over to their window, they're treating that as if Jordan did something to them. And they weren't naked. No. So it's not, I mean, yeah, it's still like, get the fuck out of here. It's still like a creepy thing, but I don't know. But it does lead us to the opportunity of one of my favorite 80s, I guess, things to be involved in a movie, which is manure. (laughs) So they go get a brown paper bag with horse manure and then light it on fire conveniently so that Jordan will stamp it out. I was like, there's no way Jordan would do that. She would make Rita do it. Absolutely. It's not true to her character. I'm already seeing holes. I mean, this is also like right by their room, which I feel like is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's not a great thing to do. We should point out that like when this is all going down, Rita is back in Jordan and Rita's room, ironing Jordan's clothes, which I thought was hilarious. And they just sort of put that out there and everybody just moves on. But it's like, if you really want to, hone in on this you are like what is going on with rita so betsy's boyfriend in the movie is bubba which is inexplicable enough but my big theory and we've we've sort of danced around it already is betsy in love with jordan it feels that way the first time where i mean it's manifesting itself in her doing 
pranks and being mean to Jordan, but she seems completely obsessed. She feels slighted by things that have nothing to do with her. Like, here's a great example. Opening scene. The guys are taking pictures of Jordan in the shower. They pull Jordan's towel off so that she's naked. Somehow Betsy gets pissed at Jordan. Like, somehow it's all manifesting in, like, how can I humiliate Jordan? (laughs) Well, I would say the whole sexual relationship between Bubba and Betsy is bizarre, too, because you've got Bubba, who's just like completely sex crazed. I mean, he's literally like an animal. He's not even like a human being. (laughs) And Betsy is his girlfriend. And they like are never actually getting to the point of hooking up. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of just the standard 80s teen or even 90s teen sex comedy thing. where It's like some people talk a big game, but. At the end of the day, everyone's having trouble get getting it done. That's seeing right. The deal. Yeah. Although he does basically rape the coach. That's what I'm the saying. The female coach right. later in this. That is an uncomfortable scene. Everything with Bubba is uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just I can't believe it. I get that this movie's like as old as me. It came out in '83. Wow, that is old. But still. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, nuts. it's just it's it's crazy the stuff they were doing. Chris and Jim. So Phoebe Cates and Matthew Modine, they're an item, and Jordan is jealous. She's going to try to steal Jim away. That's sort but of the plot of the movie, yeah. but it, she only half-heartedly tries a couple of times. There's, it's not really a big focus. I know. I think that's like kind of written into like the synopsis that that is sort of the crux of the movie, that Jordan is trying to steal Jim, but there's not really a, a lot of moves being pulled here. No. Well, there's one insane one. Oh, true. Which I can't really imagine any girl ever doing yeah. ever. But other than that, but even yeah. that, it just feels like an attention getter. Not yeah. Like- well, it seems like Chris and Betsy and Jordan and Rita, because of them all living in the same little suite, it's like they don't like each other. They've they're like paired off against each other, and yet they spend all this time together. We don't really meet any other girl characters. Student age, right? It doesn't seem like they really have other friends, so they're always like wrapped up in each other's bullshit. I know. It does feel like the four of them are friends. They're just always pitted against each other. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> the next scene is the dance. It's a co-ed dance. They really the band just rocking. A lot of rockers. I feel like there's like three songs that they play at this dance. Yeah. The music in this is fun. It there's is. a lot of cool songs. The Harry Nielsen song, You're Breaking My Heart. Yeah. The Rick Springfield song, The American Girl, uh, not to be confused with Tom Petty's American Girl. And there's like Nasty Girl by Vanity Six, The Stray Cats. It feels like 80s pop rock. And then like that Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Was that Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs or something like that? Beats me. Anyway, a lot of co-ed stuff, even though they go out of their way to be like, these are two different academies. Yes. Cherry Vale and Fremont. Yet they're always like having events together. A lot of boners material at the dance, which I can relate to. Yeah. Just grinding up in high school dances. Was that something that you experienced in high school dances? Any funny um, erection stories? I, I mean, everything was in the, <laughs> the dark, so I always felt like it was... So you felt free to just come right in your uh, pants? No, but I always <laughs> felt like, obviously, I, you know, the girls had to know, but... I just felt like it was yeah. something that it's happened It's weird how us. in your head, when you're like in high school... You think that they don't know? No, you think that they love it. Oh, I didn't think that. I was like, I don't think she knows. <laughs> oh, I was I was like, I, they definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> and when you went to the dances with the types of chicks I went with, you, you definitely <laughs> think they like it, too. Oh, boy. 
No, I'm just joking. Yeah. But I don't know. But that's I mean a key difference there is like it, this seems like a very well lit dance. And also the standard trope of like let's bring in some old bags yeah. and parade them around. So we have the headmistress of the girls' school, Cherryvale. I don't really know what they call her as far as like her title. I called her a headmistress. I don't think they actually say that in the movie. I don't know. But her name's like Dutch Bach, and they call her Douchebag all the That's time. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Again, which is Betsy leading that. Yes. She's very uh, problematic to the modern feminist, Betsy. <laughs> really? <laughs> she's very anti-woman in a lot of ways. Chris tells Jim that she's ready to fuck and she's like i love you jim which is hilarious because it's like these characters we've never even spent any time with them other than jim trying to spy on naked chicks and she's like i love you (laughs) which is believable because people in high school are stupid and this is the stuff that they say i do feel like there's a very real moment here with jim though when when she's you know because the movie opens with her like reading this sex novel or whatever and she's basically asking him if it's going to be like the sex novel and he's like no and she's like, it's not? And he's like, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> he doesn't know what to say. Yeah. yeah, with this movie, I guess they did testing for everything. It was all based on audience approval. So, so they're they, just like pulling jokes in, or pulling jokes out, putting them back in. Well, they did like around. test screenings of people's auditions and let girls like pick oh, who wow. they wanted to be in it. And they okay. picked Modine because he changed some of the dialogue in a scene that hasn't happened yet when they're at the Hotel Demore. Okay. And they're not going to have sex after they, like, build it up like they're going to. And in the original script, he says, like, what more could you fucking want? It's a fucking heart-shaped bed. It's a fucking blah, blah, blah. And he's kind of, like, yelling at her almost. Yeah. And Modine was like, well, I don't think if you love someone that you would talk to them like this. (laughs) I love the people that write these scripts. So he just, like, changed it to be, like, way more compassionate. And all the other actors just did it as it was written. And so the girls who were like being tested for this movie they like liked him the best that's what makes a matthew modine you know what i mean (laughs) yeah guy that can really get into the eyes of the character but yeah i mean he never seems super confident and i guess like they're in a weird way i can relate to jim in this movie because sometimes it's like you have something so great right there in front of you and you're just not reacting the right way all the time to it you're just not happy enough with what you have you're not excited enough you're not just like treating we're talking phoebe cates one year after fast times pretty much every teenage guy across the country was like fucking losing their minds for this girl and really like have for the you know the 20 years that have passed since then (laughs) yeah and i just think that the way that jim is like super awkward and and is indecisive is very yeah. relatable because like i think normally you would think okay well i have this super hot girlfriend she wants to have sex with me she's telling me she loves me you feel like you would be confident enough to just get this done as soon as possible no, no, and it's just this whole thing of him dragging this out not sure what to do and yeah. then jordan makes her intentions clear at the dance here she's talking to rita and she's just like you know what fuck chris <laughs> she's like i'm going for it she basically just says that like i'm gonna go for it my mission starts tomorrow or whatever and yeah the, tomorrow is the the riding right horse riding scene which is completely insane not a whole lot really to go over here before we get to bubba and betsy getting busted trying to have sex 
I just wrote that Rita is fucking smoking hot, <laughs> and that other dude who's Important not to point out Jim or Bubba is like dancing with her, and she's like so yeah disappointed, and then I guess like disgusted by his boner, which right. I mean I can relate to him there. I mean she's unbelievable looking, yeah. but she just kind of seems like this nice girl compared to Jordan. Not that, that Jordan is really that bad. But. That's what I'm saying when I relate to that guy. I just feel like that's my movie in here. Like out of disappointing, every, just a girl. <laughs> yeah, like the whole movie would just be about my uh, plight after this whole experience. I'd have to go spend like the next like three months talking about this with like my friends and just be inconsolable. <laughs> Except it was the eighties, and uh, evidently girls didn't have feelings That's or true, matter yeah, at all. Right. So I'm sure you would have just moved right on. Yeah. Under the rules of 80s movies, I'm sure that glasses guy ends up married to Rita. That's true. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have any choice. They in have the nine kids. <laughs> if we learn anything from the Sandlot, it's what sexual assault can lead to. That's true. The only thing to really take away, though, about Jordan and Rita is Jordan's portrayed as the villain. Rita's like her sidekick, but Rita never does anything bad or mean or wrong. And she basically just seems nice and supportive. But and- you know what it's like to get under the wing of... Well, and Jordan's biggest crime really is being like overconfident and what she does with the horse riding scene, which is kind of funny more than anything else. I don't really even think it's that bad. Yeah. But she's positioned the rest of the movie like we're supposed to think everything she's doing is evil. Well, not evil, but like wrong. And I'm like, well, she doesn't really do anything wrong. If anything, uh, all of the guys are the villains. Right. And if you're saying that Chris and her aren't even really friends, then it's really not wrong. I have to warn you, I like a lot of, whatchamacallit, foreplay. Is that enough? I guess so. And now, ladies, if you will, my office. Please. The marvelous renderings of the new way, which in your generosity and ah! oh! <clears throat> Bubba and Betsy try to go have sex in Dutch Box office, and they get busted by Dutch Box in the old bags. That's right. This cuts into the American Girl aerobic scene. The Rick Springfield song, the girls just doing like synchronized aerobics outside and like Yeah, really high energy tight little spandex outfits. That's right. Shot lovingly. The camera just kind of gliding over the girls. <laughs> like I said, a little every, bit of a male gaze going every on. Every girl yeah, well yeah, this could be called male gaze the movie. <laughs> or sexual assault well, the movie. True, yeah. <laughs> every girl at Cherryvale is unbelievably attractive. This is definitely like a, a fantasy of a movie for sure, and it's a male fantasy, as <laughs> as most movies were in yes, the eighties. Right. <laughs> After they have gym class, they have sex ed with Sylvia Crystal's character named Miss Capuletta. This was kind of reminding me of the uh, health teacher from Varsity Blues a little bit, you know? Yeah, they bring in like an attractive woman right. who's very like blunt and open about sex. It's supposed to be funny. It's doubly funny because Dutchbach and the old bags come in. I'm sure people really love me constantly referring to them as old bags. I don't really know what the old ladies, they all come in yeah. right as she's like talking about like the tip of a penis or something. But that's another thing that you're like trying to figure out how much time this movie takes place over because it's like, doesn't it feel like these ladies are just here for like an alumni weekend or something? I don't know. Okay. 
Well, don't they leave yeah. pretty soon after this? Uh, okay, after the horseback right. yeah. riding, which is yes. all the next day after the dance. Right. That's what's confusing. Like sometimes it'll be like events are happening sequentially over multiple days in a row, but then there'll be montages that seem to be like time passing. That's true. I don't know. Chris calls up a place called the Hotel D'Amore, which is where her parents went on a honeymoon. She says what did she say 19 years ago or 23 years ago or something i was trying to do the math and i'm like okay. so this is like 1960 basically they went to this hotel yeah feels like there might be some better options at this point this scene of her on the phone making the reservation is actually reasonably funny yeah well one, phoebe cates is a star let's not forget one of the few times in the movie that it actually delivers on humor that's intended okay yeah where i was like okay she it's pretty funny changing her name. she's giving like a million names right. one thing that's funny about this movie other than the fact that it, it goes out of its way to say that girls are horny too which most movies weren't really doing that much of in the 80s it sure. definitely shows the girls like being into it and right. into sex is just how like conservative the times are around which this movie is made because it's like the That's height true. of the reagan 80s and we'll we'll touch on that yeah. more as as they go but is the, the a lot of like insisting that they're married yes, and stuff right <laughs> Which is weird because it's like, why go out of your way to like put that stuff in the movie if the whole point of the movie is to be horny and crazy and uh, I don't know. Yeah, hard to make sense of it. So the next big set piece is the horse riding scene. Why are there... <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say something, but no. <laughs> okay. Why are there so many co-ed events? Because the dudes I are don't here know. too. I know. Well, that's the thing. And even when football practice is happening, it's like, they're the cheerleaders and there's some the of them yeah but i mean this is not the same school i know <laughs> so the football team has cheerleaders from a different school I, i'm trying to figure out what the relationship is between cherryvale and freemount i guess they're like uh, sister schools something yeah yeah but yeah this horse riding scene obviously is the big set piece but i think the biggest takeaway for me is the interview with betsy russell and her talking about this scene just All right, think, well, let's. Okay. Yeah, we'll get I didn't to know that how much second. you wanted to get into about that, but we no, should, I, okay. you can bring it up. But I just, let's explain what it is first. Right. So Jordan's like hanging out, and she's almost just like laying out in the sun, like getting sun while people are riding horses and stuff. She sees Chris and Jim together, and she gets kind of annoyed. So she's like, she got this plan. She's, yeah, my plan's not working yet, even though I haven't done anything. And then I was like writing these notes down, and I was like, wait, what exactly is her plan? And so her plan is she's wearing a button-down shirt with no bra. And I guess we have to say it, Betsy Russell has enormous boobs. Sure. Just yeah. huge. Hard to miss. So she's riding around in a button-down sleeveless shirt, I think. It's almost like a button-down yeah. vest or something right. with no shirt underneath, no bra. In front of a lot of people. Jim and Chris are just discussing their plans to go to this hotel that she got reservations at. And so Jordan's got to spring to action. She gets on a horse. She trots by them as they're sitting on the fence talking. And she pulls her gigantic tits all the way out to show Jim in front of the class, in front of the That's teachers. The it's not even just to Jim. It's to everybody. Yeah, basically everyone can is seeing what she's doing. No one really reacts to it that much. Yeah. Jim is certainly smiling. <laughs> yeah, and then like Chris gets mad at him yeah. for smiling because he's just like, what the fuck? Dutch Bach and the old bags are there, and they're kind of like almost laughing. Well, not Dutch Bach, but the other old ladies. That's And again, for uh, Jordan's plan, it's like if you're Jim, do you feel like this is being done at you or for you? Well, she's making eye contact. Okay. And looking right at him when she does it. 
So then I'd be like bragging to my friends afterwards and they'd be like, yeah, we were there too. We all saw it. <laughs> You're not special. In response to this, because I guess Betsy is pissed that Jordan is trying to steal Chris's man. Betsy once again interferes. She rides up and pulls Jordan's top completely off. So now she's horseback riding at like more than just a trot now, almost like at a gallop, completely topless. Yeah, I know. She's flying. It's by far the most famous scene from this movie. It's probably the equivalent of the Phoebe Cates topless scene in Fast Times or Shannon Elizabeth scene in American Pie, even though I kind of prefer some of the other nude nude scenes, including her earlier one where she gets the tower ripped off. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. But this is like kind of a hilarious like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? It is nuts. And maybe the most ridiculous part is then Bubba takes off riding after her and he's giving chase and he's like reaching out. Like, he wants to grab Oh, her. my gosh, yeah. yeah. He's, like, on another horse, like, reaching out, trying to grab it. Oh, boy. It's just event after event with Bubba. I mean, he's already ripped a towel off of her. He's, like, the main character from the Warren, Warren Zevon song, Excitable Boy, at oh, this point. Yeah, I mean, right. He's going to be in jail. <laughs> he should be. We were listening to this, or watching this Betsy Russell interview, and she's talking about a lot of things for the making of this movie. And she talks about doing the nude scenes, but for this scene in particular, she talked about how like everyone on set was like, yeah, just be prepared. Everyone you've ever known is going to show up to set this day to see this. Yeah, the way she Which explained didn't make this- sense to me like at all. But then she's like, yeah, like the manager from the restaurant I used to work at showed up. People that didn't like me showed. I'm like, so what? W- were they just broadcasting the fact that this nude scene yeah, was going to be it filmed? Sounded, the whole thing sounded suspicious to me. The way she described it, she we should say Betsy Russell is an unbelievable trooper. Oh, in good absolutely! Sport. She's laughing this stuff she off it's as funny. if it's nothing. Yeah. It sounded completely insane though, because she was like, "Someone told me to watch out because like everyone I ever knew would be there. Everyone that never that I didn't like or had problem with would show up." And I was like, "What does that mean?" And then she's like, "Sure enough, when we get there, because this is an outdoors sure. nude scene." Yeah. All these people were like milling about, and yeah, it was people that weren't even involved with the movie. And, and, and you stuff. are just like, what was going on with the people making this movie that they allowed this to happen? Yeah, because she's like, maybe they were sent away, maybe they weren't. I don't know. She <laughs> didn't seem to care. Right. And then you have to ask yourself, like, all right, well, obviously someone would have, cl- someone close to her would have told people about this. I know. Because. Who would even know the people she would know if they weren't involved with the movie? You know How about that guy that used to be the man or that was the manager at the restaurant she worked at? Yeah, this doesn't sound creepy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like hiring some teenage girl to work at a restaurant. She's like trying to be an actress. She right. gets to be in a movie. She's going to do a topless scene and you show up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm sure people listening to this are baffled by even what we're talking about and confused by it. But How do these guys know like this much behind the scenes info? <laughs> on a movie like Private School. Well, this was on the Blu-ray. This was so an there interview you go. with There's your answer. Betsy Russell. It just was such a weird thing to bring up. She's doing an outdoor nude scene and then people Well, she just are casually just threw up. it in there and I was like shocked that this happened. Yeah. Cuz normally when you hear about like big nude scenes in a movie, it's like that you know, this bit like this closed set and they're just like Well, this was the scene that they added too. Right. Which turned out to be like the most famous scene from the movie. And this scene she just agreed in- to it on the fly. She yeah. didn't really seem to care. She seemed up for whatever. But if this scene, <laughs> and like even her looking back on it, she's basically like insinuating, I, w- I was pretty much up for whatever. 
Yeah. But if this scene's not in the movie, I really don't understand the Jordan angle, like the Jordan storyline. Well, it might have been something else. Okay, instead. in place of this. And they're like, oh, God, we got this girl. She's willing to do any kind of nudity we want. We're going to take advantage of it. Really? Basically, yeah. Yeah, like basically the dudes that worked on the movie were just like calling their friends to come over to see the scene filmed. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Which, again, contradicts with the conservative times when the movie came out and the and people's feelings about like premarital sex and the moral majority or whatever they were calling it in the 80s with, with Reagan and everything. Because then Chris and Jim go to buy condoms at a drugstore. Martin Mull is like I'm, the uh, that, pharmacist guy. This was shocking to me because, and I, I know it. you kind of talked about this already about like, yeah, these sex crave guys, but when it really comes down to it, are they really ready for this or whatever? But it does seem nuts that Jim is making like this big of a deal to just buy condoms. It's his first time, I'm guessing, is yeah. the whole point, because they're supposed to be virgins together. Yeah, Jim fails. He ends up buying like dental stuff because he's not clear on what he's after. Correct. Did you ever have any condom buying fiascos yourself? Not really. It was something that I think I felt, I always felt like a little bit like sheepish about, but like. Yeah, it definitely got better though. I think when they started to put them in a place where you could access them yourself and then you just had to bring them to the counter. I think that was always my experience. Well, yeah, well, that's not the experience. Oh, right, right, right. right, They have to ask for them. Sure. Okay, I see. Yeah, there's a little bit of embarrassment. You definitely get those situations where the person like ringing them out is like looking at you and saying, "Yeah, right." <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Right. But <laughs> like, what are That's these funny. for? Yeah. Just to blow balloons, like <laughs> put them on car antennas. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So Christine or Chris has to go in and do it, and this this is pretty funny because like Dutch Bach is in there at the same time. It's this whole little like madcap situation where she has like this green shit on her face that like the pharmacist is like trying to do something. And then it's super awkward between her and Christine. They're like both embarrassed to be seen there. And then Christine starts blurting out all of these things like while she's talking to the pharmacist. At one point, she says, (laughs) She's like, They're for my father. And then she's like, No, wait. (laughs) And the look on Martin Rolf's face when she says that was pretty funny. But yeah, they have to like lie and insinuate that they're married. She keeps saying they're like for my husband and stuff. And it's not like buying condoms as a single person would be illegal, but they're really like the worried about how people are going to like perceive perceive that. them. Now, it makes a little bit more sense with the hotel because they're supposed to be in high school. Yeah. And I do think you have to be like at least 21 to get a think, hotel yeah. room, maybe older, I don't know. So that kind of makes sense, but the condom buying thing is just kind of weird that they're like, for my husband. They're right. for my husband. I liked the Donnie Iris thing hanging oh, yeah. in the girls' room. These girls were, <laughs> were big into Donnie. Who Donnie. Was it, though? <laughs> Pittsburgh's own. Betsy says to Chris, quote, Bubba says that we did it once and that it was very good for Another both of us. Another part that's fucked up. But I was passed out. Yeah. I don't remember it. There thing. we go. Bubba seems just like such a great boyfriend. Both kind of just roll with that revelation. They don't seem to act like that's a big deal. Yeah. Then no she says, therapy that's going to follow that. Because Chris is like kind of pushing for details because she's a virgin. And then Betsy's like, quote, he says that I had three orgasms, that I begged him for mercy, and that I said I'd never seen a man so well endowed. It, it sounds Which horrible. is the indication is they, they never had sex. Right. That's the thing. At first revelation, you're like, Jesus. 
well, this is fucked up. But then I do think that you are supposed to take it that like nothing has ever happened. Right. Them. Yeah, for sure. But still, it's weird. Yeah. That they're even right. insinuating for a minute that that would like the idea that lying to your girlfriend and saying that we had sex, but you were passed out, that that would be yeah. OK. That would be funny. That would be you know what I mean? Like that wouldn't be weird or fucked up. Or, yeah. I mean, they don't even act like it's funny. They act like, oh, well, how about that? Betsy sabotages some cheerleader outfits that are intended for Rita and Jordan, but Is it ends just, up being Rita and the female coach. But she comes up with this in the middle of the night and just sneaks into Jordan's room and does this? Yeah, this is very much, like like I said, you know, the girls are doing pranks to each other, which is a little bit different than how these movies would usually go. But, but that's the thing. There's no, like, Chris Betsy scene being like, oh, my gosh, like, Jordan completely is fucking me over and showing her rack to my boyfriend. Yeah. We need to like figure out a way to get this bitch under control. It, like nothing like <laughs> no, that. No, it's just, just like- random. While they're doing the cheer routine, which by the way, was like routine number 69. I mean, this is the, oh, the level of yeah. comedy. Both Rita, who's this sweet girl who never has interfered or done anything bad. Both yeah. her and the coach can't remember her name. She's an actress. She's been in, a million yeah, things. She's definitely she was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I know that. Okay. She's in tons of stuff. They both are like in the middle of doing this. Their boobs like rip out of their shirts. For some reason, Jordan, Rita, Betsy, and Chris are all called in the Dutch box Even office. Even though it's like Chris and Betsy are just like sitting on the benches. Like what incriminated them? I don't know. And all four are punished. And Rita's like, my fucking titty popped out. Really? How am I in trouble? I know. I'm the one that got fucked over. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of problematic things in this movie when it comes to feminism, when it comes to women, yeah, how they treat each other. Just general societal Victim behavior. Victim Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the next big set piece, which is the three Fremont boys from the beginning. We have Jim and Bubba and the other guy. They're now yep. cross-dressing to Again. sneak into the girls' dorm. Completely out of nowhere. No build to this, no conversation, no plan set out. They're just like, this is typical hijinks for these type of movies. Let's right. do it. Super rapey, super creepy. It comes off terribly, especially since the little Hard guy f- with the glasses has no yeah. girlfriend. So what basically was doing, they're yeah. trying to pass it off as like, all right, well, Bubba is sneaking in to see Betsy. Jim is sneaking in to see Chris. We don't really know what the other one is doing. Crazy thing is Bubba gets in to see Betsy, and then what he does after is so much worse. Yeah. Same situation from the opening, which is like girls walking around in their underwear, various states of undress. As we know, just little slices of life. (laughs) Especially amongst people that are in high school. Yeah. Just so comfortable with their bodies. (laughs) Chris is not in the dorm, so Jim is snagged by Jordan, who of course sees through their pathetic disguises but the guys somehow think they're working, which takes this movie to a level of unexpected stupidity that is even beyond what you could have imagined at the beginning, where you're like, now we're supposed to believe that these three guys think that they're convincing these girls with these outfits and these disguises. It's really, it's insulting. It's insane. (laughs) It's just, it's so stupid. These girls are this dumb. They must think that Jordan has like a piece of her brain missing or something. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as soon as Bubba gets pushed into Betsy's room, she's like, Bubba, what are you doing here? 
Betsy doesn't fall for it for even a second. Right. So why they think the that Jordan one. is going for this, yeah. I don't know. Jordan teases Jim with a cold bottle. She's like, why don't guys go for me? Is it my ass? And she's like bending over in his face. Is it my tits? She takes her shirt off. Just to a bra. She's going with the idea that Jim is like Chris's sister or some shit. I don't even know what they're trying to pass off. Do you feel like if you're Jim, maybe you would uh, start to give in at this point? Yeah, because Jordan is insanely hot. That's right. And she's coming on as strong as possible. Although it's like in his mind, she's coming on to an old woman. (laughs) (laughs) An old woman? Yeah. Yeah, it's... It'd be like taking advantage of someone who's like mentally disabled really? at this point. Yeah. <laughs> she clearly is the dumbest human on the planet. Yeah. She thinks that I'm a woman. <laughs> you know, you seem like the kind of girl that's had some experience with men. Tell me, can you see any reason why men wouldn't like my legs? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's wrong with me then? Why don't men go for me? Ah. Feel my calf. Go ahead, feel it. Head, feel it. Well, what do you think? Tight as a drum, right? No cellulite in the upper thighs, right? None that I can see, no! What is it then? Why am I so unattractive to men? <laughs> I know! My breath! <gasps> Would you call these breasts firm? Or do you think they're saggy? <laughs> Definitely firm. Are you sure? Are you really sure? Oh. What did you feel? <laughs> Something wrong? Yeah, we have that problem with the heat all the time. Let me see if I can make it a little cooler. Ultimately, this leads to her teasing Jim with a cold bottle, and then she's like, I need a massage. And she's like wearing her bra and underwear. And he's like massaging her. Massage, and, though. What a poor excuse for a massage. It's yeah, just he's sort of like trying not to get running his fingers across too into it. Next door in the adjacent room. Bubba is a total piece of shit. He's oh, just yeah. a fucking fat piece of shit. Really? He is horrific. <laughs> he makes an excuse to get out of the room with Betsy after she's like saying that she wants foreplay. You were taking that to be that like he hates foreplay so much. I feel like, well, this is the second reference. I feel like he panics. That like, could He just be doesn't it, know yeah. what to do. Right. But then he's like, I would rather climb out on the windowsill and jack off watching my friend trapped with Jordan than actually go fuck my own girlfriend. It is nuts, but yes, that's the way what he that does. he just treats Betsy as just an afterthought piece of shit. Like if he could even sniff Jordan's crotch for a second, he would throw Betsy in the trash. And it's that behavior so terrible continues throughout the movie. I know, and she just never gets bad. She always forgives him. She even makes a joke about it later. And Chris is finally like, Bubba fucking sucks. Yeah, Bubba's like. <laughs> She's like, Bubba is like worse than a fucking serial killer. Really? I don't want to hear you compare your situation with him to me and Jim. So we have Bubba back on a windowsill. 
he ends up falling off the roof. I guess when he gets like caught by Betsy, who yells at him. It's nuts that by the end of this movie, Bubba's not a paraplegic because it's just like he's constantly several, yeah, several falls from the second or third (laughs) story of a building, like him having internal bleeding. He's just like coughing up blood. So he falls off the roof when Betsy busts him, and then he goes into like Ted Bundy berserker mode. This is insane because he like almost gets hornier by getting tossed off roofs. It's like a new he's like sweating fetish. and like yeah, like <laughs> breathing heavily. He sees a bunch of girls running into the gym, which is like a separate building. Somehow he instinctively knows that they're going to shower. Weird- I don't really know yeah, how. Really. The weird thing about it, though, is it almost is like they could do something like this at any time. He could just walk into the girl's yeah. gym, Yeah, well, he's shower. still dressed like a girl, yeah. so he thinks that the disguise is good enough, I yeah. guess. wow. So he runs in there, and it's just, uh, I don't know, 12 girls in the shower, full nude. Yeah. Just insane. Like, the, the one girl looks like a 30-year-old. Right. Just an insane body. You're like, these people are supposed to be in high school. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. It's insane. They somehow don't notice Bubba, even though he's like 400 pounds and he's a Again, completely leering around the corner, not being casual about it at all. Just so And his makeup from the girl disguise running, so he looks like almost some distorted clown like John Wayne Gacy. He's like this fat pig. I know. He seems scary. You know he probably stinks. Oh, And they somehow don't notice him at all. He ends up in a sauna. It's a whole stupid thing. Yeah, and he's, like, making, like, facial expressions, like, thank you, like, mouthing thank you. Like, this <laughs> is, know. it is pretty wild. I'm almost ready to walk back what I was saying at the beginning, like, defending the existence of these types of movies. Well, when it's you get so into over this, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> it does almost make Porky's seem, like, harmless fun in yeah. comparison, because this just seems like there is a level of grossness that Bubba crosses like at least two or three times in this movie. I would even say like seven or eight. Yeah, it kind of makes it a little less fun, but you know. Well, it was the 80s. (laughs) The strength of this movie is how hot the actresses are. I mean, they got like (laughs) just top-notch talent and it it makes it, you still want to watch it all these years later. Was it going to win any awards? Probably not. (laughs) Maybe uh, if MrSkin.com existed back then. (laughs) Let me turn over to Essek and do the other side. No! Jordan, I don't think I can do that. Oh, how thoughtless of me. Your hands must be tired. <laughs> I know, I'll massage you. No, no, Jordan. Yes? Please, I have to tell you something. Yes? I'm not really a girl. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, please don't scream. <laughs> I never meant for this to happen. is that you? How are you to see me? Jim finally confesses to Jordan that he is, in fact, really a boy, which, of course, she already knew, but she screams and pretends to be upset, kicking him out of her room yeah. just as Chris is this getting back. This is, like, back. the only sort of indication that this takes place in a universe where sexual assault is actually frowned upon. Yeah, like she's flipping out. She's acting like he's crossed some line like, yeah, but It's also a problem because she's faking it. Right. <laughs> She's basically just doing this for show, yeah. leading to Chris finding out about the whole thing. It, it's a bad look for Jim. Yeah, not a great position for Jim to be in. Which 
I feel like the movie is making it feel like he's just a victim of circumstance and it's not his fault and Jordan is really a villain. For I know. We talked to, about this. But I'm like... It is his fault. He could have stopped the charade at any time. Yeah, he could have been like, hey, Jordan, I was just pretending to be a girl so that I could come see Chris. I, I, I don't need to keep this charade up anymore. For no reason. You're a lovely really. lady, but I, I'm, I'm... I'm a happily I'm taken. taken man. I'm taken right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. Instead, he goes along We are in high it. school... We'll probably break up at some point. He I'll keep even you in got mind. to the point where, like, she was like ha- having him massage lower and lower and lower on her back and, and reveal he, her ass. Yeah, completely. she's like pulling her the back of her panties down so that she'll he'll like touch her ass, and he's still kind of going along with it. And it's not until she flips over to be like, like, "Hey, do far. the front." Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's like, Jordan. I'm sorry. I already I already came in my pants. Oh no, <laughs> that's the real reason he stopped. <laughs> it felt like it. Yeah. It was so abrupt. Chris runs out of the dorm embarrassed and heartbroken. I think the big takeaway here is Jim is to blame, not Jordan, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd if say Jordan so. was yeah. like really good friends with Chris or like Chris's best friend or, or you know something like that. Yeah, I would be like she's underhanded. She's she's clearly trying to steal her boyfriend. But as far as like what is actually happening in the movie, they're not really friends. She doesn't really do anything that bad. It's mostly the horny boys that are the problem at all times. Agreed. Eventually, Bubba finally full-on sexually assaults the coach, the one who had her tit pop out. That's right. Because after that incident where the four girls got punished, she yeah. got drunk. She ends up in the girls' dorm for some reason, which doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I actually feel like this one was like the most uncomfortable for me. There's something about it that feels a little too real compared to the other scenes. I would agree with you, and it's only from the last time of me watching it and taking notes that I really understood the scene and figured out what was... Because sometimes you kind of well, gloss plus, this over is, events. This is calling back to the fact that, I mean, there's some issue with alcohol here too, right? Well, she's yeah, she got drunk. Right, I know, but I was getting the sense that, that she has a problem. Mm, maybe. I also thought that she had never drunk before. Yeah, that's she true. She had never had a yeah. drink before. But if you've never had a drink, I don't feel like you just start chugging straight yeah but you can liquor. get drunk faster well that's true okay doesn't matter it's irrelevant i don't think so the, i don't think the writers put that much thought doesn't into really it. matter yeah. because what actually matters is she's stumbling around the dorm drunk i don't know why she's in the dorm i don't think the dorm is in the same building as where dutch box offices or the classrooms are i think it's its own separate thing it's like a house i, I would say yeah but somehow she's in the girl's dorm betsy may be feeling like a little guilty for being the one that sabotage the cheer uniform that humiliated her she's like all right here i'll help you i'll put you in my bed so you can sleep this off she disappears i don't know where she goes then bubba comes back from his fucking leering fest in the shower still dressed up like a girl he gets into bed with the coach who he starts talking to as if it's betsy this is all played for laughs like oh how hilarious she's not talking to me He's like, oh, you're giving me the silent treatment. He specifically like lifts up the dress he's wearing. Oh boy! So that he's like wearing those stupid boxers before he gets into the bed. So I guess he's to like put his boner right up against Betsy, but yeah. it's not really Betsy. I don't know what he does specifically because it's it under doesn't the seem good. He there's definitely something, like something physical we'd approve of. Yeah, I'm just wondering, was it just right. his hand, or I mean, did he like actually like slide it in? Yeah. <laughs> No matter what, it's not great. Really? 
the coach is drunk and passed out. She wakes up, freaks out. That's when he finds out it's not Betsy. This is played for laughs because, like, oh, if it was Betsy, that would be great. But, I mean, yeah. it isn't great. Right. She did, She was not, I mean. No. There's no scenario where this would be, like, okay. Yikes. <laughs> Montage of Chris refusing to see or speak to Jim. Got to give it up to Jim here. He stays strong. I think the implication is that actual weeks are passing. Yeah. You don't actually see Jordan making any more attempts, but the idea is that Jordan's available and he's not going for it. He's staying strong. Yeah, shocking. I would have just given up after a couple of days. Well, it is hard. I, I would say it's a pretty difficult position to be in when you have the chance to be distracted by a Jordan. Yeah, and I mentioned to you before we started recording that I watched The Last Dance recently. I would say that Jordan is the Michael Jordan of hot chicks at Cherryvale. Just yeah, used to always winning. I even would say I thought you were gonna go with like she's like the Carmen Electra of. Well, I, I was thinking yeah. that Betsy Russell in the interview we were watching on the private school Blu-ray is like the Carmen Electra from the Last Dance. That's true. Just yeah. Still bringing the heat. Really. <laughs> just it's like such a good Nolan sport Ryan about nudity. Throwing a hundred. Yeah. Throwing no hitters at age like forty. That's whatever. right. Just yeah. bringing in the old vet. Still getting it done. Okay. So we're finally to Parents' Day at Cherryvale, and this is just, whew. I had, yeah. I mean, I had an unexpected emotional reaction to something during this. If you I, thought this it really hit me weird, was inappropriate, immoral, irresponsible at any point before this, get ready to crank it up to a ten. This movie is fun to watch and it's entertaining, but it's like a terrible movie. It, the yeah. plot is bad. Nothing makes sense. There's so many dumb things in it, and yet. Something about this Parents' Day sequence just really hit me. I don't know why. <laughs> I was just kind of really invested in it. Yeah, well, I think there's some over-the-line moments in it. First of all, they have a combination Parents' Day with like people milling around in dresses and suits, but then also pool activities right next to it. Strange. So it's like Odd people choice. milling around in suits while like the girls are jumping into the pool like in bikinis and stuff. Completely insane. Doesn't make any sense. The big thing here is Rita's father, who is a terrible alcoholic. Just a, a disgusting <laughs> I would drunk. say among potentially other vices that he has. And her intense, troubling, horrifying humiliation at this parents' day that, that almost That's brought rough. me to tears. Yeah. And I'm not joking. I was, like, upset by it. <laughs> I was like, it's just so embarrassing. Physically shaken. He leers at all of the girls jumping around in bikinis in a way that's completely disturbing. They're supposed to be in high school. He's, he's he looks a, like he's at least 58 years old. Acting like a, a grown-up Bubba. Completely drunk, falling over, which is bad enough. And the faces that Reed is making are so heartbreaking where she's just kind of like, eh, I don't know what to do. Oh, boy. Just embarrassed beyond belief. And then it, it gets cranked up like so much worse whenever he recognizes Jordan, who is Rita's friend, and he straight up molests Jordan, like right in front of Rita. Her face during this is so brutal that <laughs> I was just nuts. like, I can't yeah. take this. Because for a second, I almost believed that like it was real. <laughs> this was something really happening to somebody. Yeah, and, and you I just are was so, so embarrassed. You're so attached to Rita that it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's such a major character of this movie. <laughs> He, like, grabs Jordan's boob and stuff, and, like, this is all setting up for a terrible joke that will play out at graduation, but 
it's not worth the squeeze. I don't know why they make a minor character like Rita, her father, just an embarrassment. Because yeah. a lot almost, of the parents aren't great. Yeah, because it steps on Jordan's father, who is also embarrassing in kind of a different way, but also the same way. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he's not a drunk, but he's a creep. Oh, yeah. A big emphasis is Dutchbox's interest in Jordan's father, who's going to like donate money for this new wing that she wants or whatever it's kind of this recurring story throughout this some big addition to the school but jordan's father constantly gets remarried over and over in fact he's bringing a yeah. new wife that jordan's never met in the just within the time constraints of the movie even yeah and jordan her father refers to this woman as jordan's new mommy like on their ride over as oh, like boy. a prelude to yeah. sex mr hand from fast times that's right Ray Walston, yep. I believe is his name. He's the chauffeur Chauncey. He was also in Chauncey, the apartment that we've um, done on this podcast. Chauncey also kind of a dark figure. He's embracing what he's got in That's his true. life, which yeah. isn't much, but he's taking advantage. Getting a sample of all of the father figures that we meet, it shows why it's no surprise that these girls act like they do, put up with what they do, and seemingly have no problem with being objectified at all times. Yeah. Because their fathers are complete trash. Maybe it is just like the depravity and horrible behavior of like rich people that, that that's what this movie's honing in on. Yeah, I, I don't know that this movie really has anything on its mind other yeah. than tits and ass. <laughs> that's really any excuse to get more nude scenes into it. That's right. I believe it's Rita's father that accidentally knocks Miss Capuleta into the pool. Yeah, that seems. She's right. wearing a white dress. It's completely see-through when she falls into the pool yes like her white bra and white underwear and everything this was actually kind of like the sandlot wendy peppercorn scene except this is where you almost are like sympathetic now to jordan and at least like rita can kind of share in this humiliation because her father who brought this new wife that jordan is pissed about another mrs lee jensen that's right a new mom She's pissed about that. Now, all of a sudden, Rita's father knocks Miss Capuleta into the pool. For some reason, even though it doesn't even look like it was deep or anything, she's drowning. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't even underwater, but they pull her out. And then Jordan's father climbs on top of her to perform mouth-to-mouth. And when I say climb on top of, I mean it's almost like he's mounting her for lovemaking. It's completely insane. She doesn't seem like she's not able to breathe. She's only not able to breathe when he's jamming his tongue down her right. throat. Yeah. And they just of start course, making out immediately. Yeah, she goes for it. And right, so right in front of his new wife and then and his daughter. He's forcing himself onto her and she likes it, which is another terrible message this movie's delivering. A lot of horrific incidents. But yeah, I mean, oof. The parents day situation is just rough. Chris's dad and Betsy convince Chris to give Jim another chance and forgive him. That's basically all I know. the plot there I love is. that. Just like, uh, hey, you should give him another chance. I love that Chris's dad is just like, all right, yeah, Jim, you seem like a good guy. I'm going to... I don't know anything about what happened, but I'm just going to immediately side with the guy. Right. <laughs> These Betsy's things whole thing is like, hey, I forgive Bubba. Like, compared to Bubba, Jim's a saint. And Chris is like... Compared to Bubba, anyone's the same. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Not a lot of nice things to say about her best friend's boyfriend. (laughs) 
Chris is like, didn't he have sex with you when you were passed out? That's right. Why are you even comparing him? He any? needs to be like on a leash in a he cage. He needs to be put to sleep. That's right. Like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Dutch Bach looking for that big donation from Jordan's father. She confuses Chauncey for Mr. Lee Jensen. She gets into the back seat of the rolls that Chauncey drove them up in. This is like maybe the most insane set piece of the movie where you're just yeah. like a, a whole lot of moving pieces. The payoff is kind of funny. There is one particular moment of this that jumps out to me as like being super funny. Right. For some reason, I guess they're making the point that not only are the young women whores, but like you can be a whore when you're ancient like Mrs. Dutchbach here. That's true. Because she's willing basically to fuck who she thinks is Jordan's father for the money, for the donation. Yeah, it's not great. And even like the idea of a dude to pretend he's someone who he's not just to like have sex. That's yeah, that's like- also like basically rape. So Betsy and Bubba, who are always looking for a place to fuck, apparently, they. I, why none of these kids their room? can pull it off in their room? Yeah. It seems like there's no supervision at any time. We never see adults in those dorms. I don't know. They act it's like strange. that's impossible. Yeah. Like it could never happen, though. It just so, doesn't cross their mind as a possibility. Betsy and Bubba jump in the front seat and they overhear what's going on in the back seat yeah. with Dutchbach and Chauncey. Was it normal for cars to have like loudspeakers? Normal? I don't know. Probably not. But it was established <laughs> okay. in an earlier yeah. scene where Chauncey was like yelling at that boy to get out of the <laughs> way, which is actually kind of funny. So this car has this PA system that like broadcasts out. Betsy and Bubba then put the microphone to the back seat so all of Parents' Day can overhear Dutchbach and Chauncey fooling around or flat out screwing. Whatever they're doing, kind of unclear. yeah. When Dutchbach like finds out and she's like freaking out and she's like, our voices, our voices. And they like figure out what's happening. That moment of her like coming from the back seat into the front seat and like growling at Bubba. Oh, I was yeah, like, that's scary. It was actual horror movie. Yeah. It was actually scary. <laughs> She was like, ah. <laughs> it was like Jack Nicholson coming through the door in The Shining, you know. But worse. Yeah. <laughs> it would be like if the old woman from the bathtub, if she was the one like lunging through. That's, that's true. kind of yeah, what Dutchbox right. is yeah. at this point. She lunges at Bubba. The brake on the car is knocked off and the car starts rolling down the hill through the party. People are like diving out of the way. It was like me at ski club. Right. Just straight down. People diving out of the way into the pool. It goes like up, but like it goes into the air. Like it, there's like a ramp or yeah. something. And I was like, well, Dutchbach would be dead. I, I was not say, in a seatbelt. Yeah, really. O- only three people killed, you know, during this sequence. <laughs> yeah, somehow it doesn't hit anybody. And then somehow everyone comes out of the car fine. Oh, what are you doing? Does it displease you? It doesn't. It displeased me that much. Uh, do you suppose that while you're doing that, my, my darling, you could write that check? Well, <laughs> of course I could, darling. <laughs> here, here, let me let me help you with these buttons. These buttons? Yes, they're so binding. I wouldn't want anything to bind you. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of the buttons. You take care of the check. As you wish, dearest. Damn. What is it? I dropped my pen. Oh, I'll get it. Oh! Oh. Forgive me, Prudence. <laughs> a rash impulse. I couldn't resist. Uh, no need to apologize. Uh, the check, dearest? Oh, yes, yes, of course. The pen? No, no, the check. I've dropped the check. Well, let me. Oh! 
could think of when this is all playing out and, the, and granted it is somewhat tied to jordan but still i was like the relief of rita and jordan when this happens oh i because know just to now get no one remembers that, right. how embarrassing yeah. their dads were because this tops that overshadows somehow. it <laughs> i feel like rita was like almost in tears of relief because her dad is just i would be like don't come bum. to like parent day like i would be like but begging like, my parents not to come well maybe she was we don't really spend yeah. any time with rita <laughs> Not enough. Chris and Jim then go to their romantic weekend at Hotel D'Amour because Chris did not cancel this the reservation. Almost starts to feel like a separate movie at this point. With yeah, like this what's whole going part, on back at with what we just went through to like yeah. this. If we're supposed to take this seriously now, like this isn't gonna be a tender moment <laughs> between two people after what the right. clown show we just yeah. watched and we're expected to buy. <laughs> Okay, this happens like at the same time that Bubba is going to make a move on Jordan, which is maybe one of the more inexplicable parts of this entire really? thing. So we'll focus on Jim and Chris really quick because it cuts back and forth, but we'll just do their story. So they show up at this place. The hotel is like really kitschy and tacky and just not right. There's like pink champagne, but everything is like real cheesy, yeah. like heart-shaped beds and all that shit. It was reminding me of uh, Blue Valentine a little bit. You know that like sex motel they go to? Vaguely. Okay. <laughs> I shockingly I don't remember a lot of the details <laughs> because I only ever watched it in the theater. Oh wow! And never again. Can't deal with it. It's gonna show up on my list of movies we have to do. So they don't have sex the first night. It's just like too much pressure. It's not right for Chris. Obviously, in these situations, you can never pressure either person to want to do something they don't want to do and everything. I do always think it's kind of funny though that the pressure that people put on themselves for what will basically amount to like 90 seconds of wriggling around really and then ending up like kind of feeling shame afterwards yeah and like kind of like okay all right i'm an adult girl yeah (laughs) like just kind of being like well this was what was this this was nothing (laughs) that was magical (laughs) but okay she's not ready and this is the scene i was referring to earlier where in the script it was like Jim has more of an angry reaction to her yeah. not being into it, but he's he's kind of just like okay, he's very like understanding, and I think even like in those interviews that I was watching of Matthew Modine, he was kind of like, yeah, maybe the point of the movie was like my character was supposed to like learn a lesson and be changed and be different, but instead I just took that out, and so there's not really like a dramatic arc to it or anything. And I was like, yeah, it does feel like nothing really happens ever in this movie. Yeah, really. you're just kind of like okay, he's. He's fine with it. 
And then the next morning, they end up fucking yeah. on the beach. Now, which this hotel is like right on a beach. I'm like, how much was this hotel? I know it does seem like it. They're would like be on a, a private night. beach. Yeah. Now, were you like, because they part of it is like she, that they're not going to do it is she's feeling sick. That's like part of it. Well, she got drunk. Yeah, right. The cheap champagne. I was wondering if because there is like a weird interaction with like the room service dude at first. Uh huh. Are you supposed to take it that he like? fucked with their food no, or something no no oh no. come on that's insane <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're he going seems... way too deep on these <laughs> these things are surface level in this movie i don't know he has an interaction with jim where he well it then seems jim like... keeps giving him more money i know and he but he i think he already did whatever he was gonna oh do oh my god get out of here <laughs> you have to like pop a cork off of that hey remember when before this episode when we were gonna start and you were just like i don't have my laptop <laughs> What does it have to do with this guy? <laughs> I'm just saying, what do you know? <laughs> that's true, but I, I, I do feel like there's no way that's right. what they were going for here. This, I was digging. Some other movie. I was like, we got to unpack this. I'd rather unpack the Phoebe Cates yeah, okay. nudity. That's true. And Which whenever, I w- she's wearing that like white nightgown, and they're like splashing around in the ocean. I was like, holy fuck. I was at a completely point see-through. where I was like, I don't think that there's going to be Phoebe Cates nudity in this movie. That's where I was at right before this scene. Well, yeah, there's only really like the wet see-through clothing shot, which is pretty hot. Yeah, but then also the the rear nudity on the beach here. Right. Pretty hot. There's a couple of goofs. Like they're wet from the water, then all of a sudden they're dry, and then you can clearly see some tape on her boob at one point where she was like not going to do boob nudity. That's, yep. I don't know. <laughs> this was, doesn't surprise like, me that there's goofs like that in this. It well, seems like a very this was this was the movie that she was kind of using to like pivot towards a more serious career. <laughs> no titties, just ass. That's right. <laughs> Bubba's got Jordan up to his and Jim's room under false pretenses. This is like the first time we see the guy's room. And again, this is something where we don't see the lead up to, right? Like obviously, no, he calls her. Okay. And he's basically and they're making all those bets, like they're giving I knew odds the, and right. all that stuff. Yeah, I knew about the bets. I knew that she was coming over. He runs to a payphone and he calls yeah. her, and you don't see the whole conversation though. But it's basically like inviting her over under the guise that Jim, Jim is going to be there. going to be involved in yeah. some way. We don't really know the specific details, but basically false pretenses again. Guys hiding everywhere in the room, in the closet, under the bed, behind the curtains. They're all doing these like bets on how far he can get with her, all these odds. Completely insane. Yeah. The one guy's like, eight to one that you get her shirt off, but no bare tit. <laughs> He's like, yelling it. And I'm like, what <laughs> do they guys think is going to happen? These guys are just complete animals. And they that- are, but they also are like delusional. It's like, well, I don't understand what scenarios they're playing in their heads where like this will that happen, Bubba- but not that, or that will happen, but and, not this. And the, the idea that Bubba is going to make anything happen with Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I guess that he technically does, just not the way that you would think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He ends up spraying red champagne all over her i don't know if that's on purpose or not because his reaction is like okay take off your clothes and we'll try to like wash them which she just willingly does yeah i was like that seems, i don't think it was on purpose yeah but it I seems was... too clever for Bubba. Right. it seems like he legitimately accidentally sprayed her with the champagne so she like strips down to her bra and panties she looks completely insane just a, like because her bra is like wet so she's like basically a see-through bra yeah and like underwear that are like these zebra striped bikini brief under i mean just 
out of this world. And I then, will say the bravery of a Jordan, though, to even be in a room with this guy. Yeah, who we know is like a confirmed animal. <laughs> has seemingly has no problem. Has ripped her towel off before. Yeah, she seemingly just forgot about that. Yeah. When she's not paying attention, the guy hiding under the bed grabs her clothes. I'm not really sure what he's going to do with them. <laughs> really? And outside of the dorm, Betsy passes by, sees Jordan's car, somehow just knows that something is wrong here, goes in to investigate. The truth is revealed when Jordan's like, well, I'm here waiting for Jim, even though she's like standing there in her bra panties. Yeah. like completely insane. You know, she might have. She was just putting a towel on, which of course then later gets pulled off of her again. Right. And she's like, "I'm looking for Jim," and Betsy's like, "He's at the Hotel Demore with Chris." And then like, Jordan's like, "What the fuck? The Hotel Demore?" Right. And then it it finally happens where Betsy and Jordan actually like team up to kick Bubba's ass. Yeah. Finally, they're like on the same side where Betsy's not blaming Jordan for this. That's right. And you think that this is all going to end with like a Jordan Betsy like love scene? That's probably what Betsy was hoping for. Yeah, that's right. Jordan picks up boxing gloves and is like beating Bubba up with them, but that's when they're like revealing that all these guys are hiding throughout the room. Betsy hands Jordan like a golf club and she's like hitting dudes on the head and stuff. And then eventually they just throw Bubba out the window where he goes crashing to the ground from the second story for the third time in the movie. That's right. Somehow, not injured. It goes horribly wrong. He lands on his head. He's like a fucking quadruple. That's right. (laughs) They do just casually have him falling three times. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would be deserved. (laughs) We need to get this guy under control. Yeah. Just. You do get the sense that him and Betsy are going to work it out, though. You watch this movie and you're like. There's no way a girl would be as good of a sport as Jordan is. And then you watch those interviews with Betsy Russell, and you're like, I don't know, maybe she would react like this to these things. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, maybe it is believable. Finally, graduation day, Jordan is riding with her father and Miss Capuletta, and she's at one point she's like, Miss Capuletta, I mean mother. (laughs) I love that she calls her mother. Bubba in attendance, inexplicably dressed as a woman again. No explanation given to this whatsoever. I, I, I'm scratching my head. You would think that if there were deleted scenes, they would show up on this Shout Factory Blu-ray that I have. There's I no deleted scenes. So you I are just know. left feeling like, huh. Rita's father shows up shit-faced, of course, and just humiliating her all over again. And this is the joke they were building towards with him being a sex pest because he sits next to Bubba he sexually assaults Bubba, who he mistakes for a woman. It turns into a complete scene. This movie, honestly, should have ended up with Rita, who by now has really faded into the background as a minor character, just shooting her father in the face with a shotgun. Really? That would have like been a suitable ending for me. <laughs> I feel like she would have killed Jordan, too. She's probably in love with Jordan. Yeah, That's like, like we all are. That's like a female yeah. thing. <laughs> I shall miss your shining faces. Even as you go forth to fulfill your bright promise. And now I shall yield the floor to Miss Newhouse, who, for reasons I don't pretend to understand, has been elected to make the farewell remarks on behalf of the graduates. Sunny days, sunny days. Thank you, Miss Dutchbach. On behalf of the entire graduating class, I'd like to thank you for all you've done for us. 
No, you won't be seeing our shining faces anymore. Here's something you can always remember us by. Ready, girls? <laughs> Graduation, Cherryvale! You won't forget us soon! Sunny days ahead of us, we leave behind this moon! <laughs> For some reason, Dutchbach gives Betsy a chance to talk at the end of this graduation ceremony, and Betsy does like some little rhyme that ends with all of the girls mooning Dutchbach. Yeah, really, of a shocking turn of events. Was not really expecting this. Some to be girls the like pulled their whole ass out, yeah. and then others it was like half ass, including. Well, yeah, I think um, Phoebe Cates. We or that that was probably a half ass, right? Her and Jordan were like half for yeah. some reason, even though like Jordan was like nude so many times throughout it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a shocking, fun little ending. Abrupt. Just immediate yeah. credits at that point. <laughs> That's like a freeze frame when they're all like mooning. Yeah, it turns into like a drawing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the take on me video <laughs> for some reason. There's no follow up on Jim and Chris, like just he yeah. fucked her at a hotel on a beach, and then that's it. Like, we don't know. It just cuts to the basically the end of the movie. Ending. Done. <laughs> See ya. If Another you were a teen one. boy, though, you got everything you possibly wanted, and that's, this was well, immediately one of your favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, private school. This went on way longer than I would have ever imagined. Uh, yeah, it was, I guess, <laughs> the epic conclusion to this year's One Trashy Summer. So now based off of when we're recording this and how long this is, I'm thinking this episode might be be a little later than the normal schedule well, the way things okay. were working we're, whatever we're, the case is i would say we're pretty loose these days and i think that's okay in the current climate august we will no longer be doing one trashy summer we have some fun things planned we have something even more fun and big planned coming up soon i don't want to give that away that's just true something exciting we'll just say we're finally giving the people what they want more specifically matt yeah <laughs> what are you doing what? What? Vincent stopped making picks. Well, how am I going to know what movies to see? We have a wide variety of Gene picks. Gene's trash. I'm Gene. Anyway, let's get to recommendations. Are you going first? I can go first, yeah. So I've been watching this on HBO docuseries. I think as we record this, we're four episodes in out of six in total. It's this Michelle McNamara book. I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is about this East Area rapist from the 70s. Yeah, he is like a lot of. Yeah, they call him something now, else. Like Golden State Killer. Yeah, or something like that. right. And there was like uh, something Night Stalker. But well, there was a couple different Night Stalkers. He was like one of them. Yeah. I know like there is a lot. Of this. It was Patton Oswalt's wife, which I didn't even know like anything about him and her. I mean, obviously, I knew who Patton Oswalt was, but I didn't know about her and that she died. I didn't know any of that stuff, but it's not really not the part of it that I like. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot about with like interviews with the, some of the victims, old footage and some of that stuff. It's just like haunting. And it actually had me thinking of brought up once upon a time in Hollywood earlier. What I think you probably said it on the pod, but the idea of that movie and them like stopping this thing from happening and then like these other things because this is like that time it's like the 70s like this dude just hanging out in people's backyard going into their houses yeah it's so fucking creepy some of the just recounts of of like what happened it's just like haunting the first two episodes like creep me the fuck out but obviously like the michelle mcnamara thing is like super sad but it it did not really for her but it, it did make me like annoyed 
just thinking about like all of these internet sleuths, these people who like spend all this time like rummaging through these old stories. Like, yeah, obviously it can end in something good, but I, I, I'm assuming there's probably a lot of these types of characters who I would be like highly annoyed with. I went through like a big true crime phase. Oh, sure. And you do get kind of annoyed with these people and they act like they're important to it and their opinions on like the information or the clues or how the police are handling it or whatever. They have all these opinions about whether or not they're convinced of something. It's just like, who are you? You're not anybody. <laughs> I know. Your opinion doesn't the matter. The utmost authority, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes these people, though, they do a good job. I'm not kind of sure. I'm not trying I, I to agree. paint like with a broad brush, but I think Michelle McNamara did like a lot of research and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it, for sure. And- it is like shocking how much this guy got away with. Just crazy. Yeah, well, that's the thing that people don't like to think about. But when you kill people, or you kill someone, or you do some kind of a crime, and it's random, like you don't know the person. It can be really fucking hard to figure out. Yeah, really. Like if you just if no one sees you pick up a drifter, you know, someone on the side of the road. Or That's whatever. right. Like yeah. especially back then, where there wasn't like cameras, there wasn't like the crime scene uh, investigating that they have now. Yeah, and there, the DNA stuff wasn't as good or whatever. Because a lot of times murders are solved because they know the victim, and there's like a, a way to like figure it out based on motive and stuff yeah. like that. But when it's like random, it's it can be almost impossible. Anyway, on yeah, that right note, dark note, I'm going to recommend a film that I watched probably about a month or, or more ago now at this point. A movie called Wendy from 2020 oh. that got its theatrical run pretty much aborted because of yeah. COVID. Was not really getting great reviews anyway. Something I would say we were looking forward to seeing in the theater, though. It was something yeah, the we trailer were trying to see the trailers for a lot. I see recommendations as a space where we can review new things too oh, and not just recommend straight up because it would be hard for me to imagine almost anyone actually liking this movie, <laughs> but I That's will talk bummer. about it. The first half of the movie, I would say, is an F or F minus. Wow. It's, it's terrible. It's so stupid. And then it gets better and better. And by the end of it, I would say like the second half is more like in the B range. Like okay. It's not bad at all. It just it's a real rough beginning. I would only really recommend it for people who really liked Beasts of the Southern Wild. This is the same director, Ben Zeitlin. It's sort of the same vein as that. Very yeah, like, I never saw Beasts of the Southern, um, Southern Wild. Magical realism or whatever. Yeah. It has sort of you could kind of compare the style a little bit to like Terrence Malick. Not quite though, but kind of the same thing. Yeah, it has that sort of look and feel. A little bit, yeah. Or if you're like a really big fan of the Peter Pan story, this is like a different interpretation of that that kind of stuff, uh, hence the name Wendy. I happened to watch Disney's Peter Pan, the cartoon, back around Christmas or New Year's or somewhere around there. And I remember thinking like, okay, I, this could be ripe for like an adult Netflix show about this island and how all these chicks want to fuck Peter. And that's basically <laughs> what this is all about. Yeah, Cause right. it's like, everyone's so jealous and shit. I was like, there's a lot of fun stuff like IE like Riverdale or something. Yeah. Right. Like, you could make like a fun drama based about, off like, of like him Neverland. dating Tiger Lily. And we have Tiger Lily, Wendy, those mermaids, there's right. just, like all these chicks everywhere. Yeah. And then shortly after that, I think it was when we went to see A Hidden Life, the Terrence Malick movie, we saw a trailer for Wendy. That's true. It was one of those movies yeah. around then. And we were excited, and I, I liked Beasts of the Southern Wild. I don't know that I've watched it since the theater, but I did like it. 
excited for this movie. Yeah. And then, like I said, it was supposed to come out in theaters. It was like a limited release, and then COVID happens, and the reviews weren't good for it anyway. So I finally rented it. Not great. But (laughs) I did emotionally connect a little bit by the end. There were things that I loved about it, and then there were, but then there'd be like things that I hated. Okay. Yeah. The story is not like conventional, and I don't know that people will really like that. I mean, I think you'd have to kind of be into that Terrence Malick mindset. Almost non linear. It's basically like these kids go to this island and they, they don't age and then they come back and then they, they live their life. It's supposed to be like intentional that they come and go, but there is like a kid there named Peter who basically stays. But you can get old on the island if like, I don't know, if you... Oh no, sounds like there's happens. a lot of weird rules now. Well, there's like Wendy and her two brothers. Okay. I'm just going to... Okay, if you don't want this spoiled, then don't listen to this. But I'm going to basically give away like the part where it kind of started to turn a little bit better. So like they go to this island. It's like there's all kinds of stupid shit. There's like this magical fish or something under... I don't... It's not even a fish. It's like some sort of underwater beast that glows or something that I guess is like where the power comes from to stay young. But there are people there who lost belief or something i don't really know what the rule is exactly and they get old okay and there's two brothers with wendy kind of like in the original yep and they're twins though i think all right i think i might be wrong but i think they're twins and they're exploring like some sort of a sunken boat or something and one of them doesn't come out of the water and so they think that he's dead okay and so the other one turns angry and upset and sort of loses belief. And he starts like rapidly aging. Like it, and the way they do it is like kind of cool. Like his one arm is like really old, but then the rest of them isn't yet. Oh, wow. And he gets old like really fast. And there are these old people who are like basically shunned and pushed over to this one part of the island where like they don't interact with anyone. And he eventually ends up going there. Somehow, like, I didn't see any of this coming where, like, he gets his hand cut off. Or, no, he cuts his hand off when it's aging. I see. So then uh, somehow I'm not picking up on what's happening. I'm still missing all of this. Yeah, Yeah, and then eventually he gets, like, this hook, and he becomes, like, Captain Hook. Because then the old people join behind him. He becomes, like, their leader, and they're on a ship. Yeah. So they're kind of like pirates. It's much more, like, symbolic, and it's almost like when he battles Peter, who's, like, this little kid, it's much more to, like that they're not like actually trying to kill each other, but it's more like this is what they have to do for this game or whatever, because then they find the other brother who didn't die. And I don't, that they don't really explain that he's just living by himself now for some reason. I guess he he came out of that water and was like, well, they gave up on me. So I guess I'll just live by myself. (laughs) They don't really explain this. So he's fine, but then it's too late though, because the other brother has become old. And so him and Peter have to stay when they leave. But, like, the thing I think is, like... Is this, like, an origin of... <laughs> I don't know. So then the Neverland? End, the, part, the part that I like, though, was, like, they go back and they live their lives and they get old. Okay, yeah. And they have kids and they live at the same... It, it has to do with, like, this train that passes by this house that's also, like, a diner. Wow, okay. And they sneak onto the train and that's where Peter is and that's how they end up there. And then, like, whenever the girl that played Wendy gets old, she has a daughter and it is kind of like Hook or like the other Peter Peter. Because right. then like he comes and her kids run onto the train or whatever. And it kind of ends with her chasing after the train too, Wendy. But she's old. And okay. she can't make yeah. it. She falls or whatever. It's kind of like oh, Darjeeling boy. Limited yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray. The girl that plays Wendy is pretty good. And at the end of the movie, it was like 
in memory of somebody and then the same last name as the girl that plays Wendy. And I was like, what the fuck? And I found out like her mom died right before this movie came out. Basically, her mom was like 30 something. And I was like, that's sad. I was like, what the fuck happened? I couldn't really find out what happened, but it added like a whole other level because the whole end of the movie is like when all they're on Neverland, they're talking about like how they love their mothers. And it was like all about mothers and all this stuff. And then like that gut punch at the end. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that is pretty wild. (laughs) Meanwhile, it was like an F minus for like half the movie. Then I'm (laughs) sobbing at the end of the movie, (laughs) like a total douche. What about something that's not really related to the movie? No, no, the movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then that that added on to it. All right. Well, it's kind of like the same thing with Land Before Time. Like you're crying from the movie, but then you're also crying oh, about God. what happened to Ducky. So if you are interested in Peter Pan a lot and you want to see like a weird interpretation, if you like Terrence Malick movies or you like Beasts of the Southern Wild, I would maybe recommend it. Other than that, it's probably not for most people, especially since it takes a while to even get anywhere interesting. The beginning is is really kind of boring. And not fun. I feel like we knew from the trailer that that's kind of how it was going to be. Yeah, but I but, think we hoped that it would be better. Uh, yeah, right. If it would have maintained what it had towards like the second half the whole time, rather than the first half just being kind of an unfun slog, then it would be way better. Okay. But it doesn't really capture the same magical feeling of Beasts of the Southern Wild. All right. Yep. This, this was a long episode. Super long. <laughs> I'm sure so many people wow. out there are going to be like, yes, a two hour private school episode. Yeah. I forgot you to mention. You never know. That's what's always fun about this show. You never know what's going to inspire. Just, this movie you know. sometimes is known as private school dot 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 for girls because of like the poster. But Oh, yeah. I see. It says it on yeah, the Yeah. But it's nev- it never officially was called that. They just threw that on there. I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah. One of the things you learn from marketing is might as well make it as confusing as possible right. so people will know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll come back with uh, regular episodes. No more One Trashy Summer. I'm sure some of you are like, Good what riddance. is different? Yeah. What is the difference? There is no difference. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Make sure you're subscribed, and we will talk to you real soon. You're breaking my heart. You're tearing it apart. So fuck you. All I wanna do is have a good time. Now I'm blue. You wobble.
Oh, hello. Have you ever listened to a podcast? No, me neither. Like most people, I assumed that people who host podcasts were pale, tech-obsessed social lepers who live with their mums and can't find a platform with any meaningful broadcaster, so start spouting their bloated opinions into their USB microphones to flatter their groaning sense of self-importance. But then Audible made me an offer uh, with a financial package that didn't just whet my appetite, she's absolutely drenched it. Uh, so now I host a podcast as well. Cheers. <laughs>